yesterday I was kind of planning on, on sharing something with you this morning, but it's like as I'm this morning, and yet God would not let me uh, get away from something. I ministered, for those of you who were here yesterday, um, I ministered really on faith, and I ministered on um, really how to receive what God has already given by grace. And for some reason, the Holy Ghost would not let me unhook from that. And, 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 and I was like, you know, and the reason why he showed me it's sometime we think we know something, but we don't. And, 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 and so if that's okay, even if it's not okay with you anyway, because I know it's okay with the Holy Ghost, um, uh, I'm just going to piggyback on what I shared yesterday. And for some of you who were not here yesterday, it's going to be new to you. Amen. But because I believe that so many, let me ask you this question. How many of you this morning, you are believing God for something, but you haven't seen the manifestation? Raise your hand. I mean, look around. You know, so this is, this is what I'm talking about. So many times we know, you know, we know some truth that God has given us by his grace something. But sometimes there is a little disconnect. There is a little, what I would call short circuit that, 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 that stops us from going from point, Z to point A to point Z. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to try to be very ultra simple ultra clear, but I'm going to try to go to be also very practical and try to maybe bring some clarity and some understanding of some things that have been a little confusing, confusing. Amen. So let's just get, you know, with a word of prayer, if that's okay. I like to always uh, um, give Holy Ghost uh, um, an invitation to help us, to help me. Amen. Would you agree with me? Father God, we just thank you in the name of Jesus. You are the name above all name. And we come before the throne of grace where the table is laid, laid out before us. We come in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, you are such a precious friend. And we thank you that this morning you help us to see, to hear, to understand what the Spirit of God, what Father wants us to know and hear and understand. Lord, that it would be revelation to us. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me to teach, to speak, not out of my head, but out of my spirit, out of my heart, what's on the heart of the Father. And to do it so simply, so clearly that even a little child could understand and do it. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge you. We know you are with us in our midst, in us. And we thank you. We thank you, sir. We thank you for being who you are and doing what you do and loving us unconditionally. So I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let me, I need something right here. Oops, sorry, out of the camera. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Before I start, I felt like I was worshiping God, and some the Holy Ghost spreads, just dropped something in my spirit. And it's for you, Brother Eugene. This is what I heard the Holy Ghost say. He said that you are one of the most beautiful person, and Father God is smiling over you. That's what I heard in my spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, I was talking about faith yesterday. And, and for those of you who were not here, I, the Holy Ghost one morning spoke to me. And as I was preparing to teach in a college somewhere, uh, the Holy Ghost, I heard the Holy Ghost say, you need to give them vitamin F. And I went, vitamin F, what is that? And all of a sudden, I heard also, well, and I saw it. He said, you know, sometimes you go in some places that just get a lot of grace, 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 which the Holy Ghost said, that's vitamin G. He said, but there are, uh, the, the truth is, is sometimes when you so, you've got so much of a certain vitamin, you become deficient in a different vitamin. You know, you can have vitamin D, 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 and then you become deficient in vitamin B, B, B. You know what I mean? And so Holy Spirit was saying that in places that get so much emphasis on grace, which is vitamin G, he says sometimes you need to give a little boost, a little dose of vitamin F, which is faith. He said, but sometimes you go in places that get so much faith in the morning, at noon, and in the evening, faith in every second of the day, that they are deficient in vitamin G. And you know, that's where I was at one time. I grew up under, you know, Kenneth Hagin ministry. He was my teacher, my spiritual father. And it was faith all time. It was faith, faith, faith. But, you know, he took me meeting Andrew Womack for, to get a dose of vitamin G. And you and I know that there is a balance that we need. We need as much vitamin F as we need vitamin G because the two balance each other. Amen. And so this morning... Uh, yesterday, I started giving, I mean, a strong dose of vitamin F. Amen. And I thank God because I had three persons that came to me this morning and that said, Audrey, after you prayed yesterday, after hearing your message and after you prayed, I woke up this morning feeling so much better. So, you know, sometimes a good dose of vitamin F just brings things back into perspective. Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning, I'm going to keep giving you another little injection of vitamin F. Hallelujah. Because I know you guys got good vitamin G. No problem about that. So you'll be able to bring a good balance, amen, and just uh, uh, balance it out good. But this morning, this is, I would like you to go to Mark 11, 23. Mark 11, 23. Actually, Mark eleven twenty four, the next verse. Because here, Jesus, who is the head of the church, you know Jesus, who is God, when he walked on earth, everything he did, he knew the Father had given him all things. He knew that God the Father had trusted him with everything, showed him everything, wasn't holding anything back from him. He knew that, and because of that, what Jesus did, he did it without understanding, but he did everything he did by faith. He walked faith, he talked faith, he lived faith, he was faith in the flesh. And so Jesus taught the disciples when the disciples, you know, saw how Jesus operated, how Jesus lived, how he ministered, how he walked, how he talked. You know, one day the question was asked, how did you do that? You remember when Jesus walked in the field, saw a fig tree, and he looked at the fig tree because the fig tree was not bearing any fruit. 
and he cursed the fig tree. He spoke to it. He exercised authority, and he said, tree, you're not going to bear any fruit any more ever again. And, and so the next day, 24 hours later, they walked right there by the same path, and then Peter looked at it, and he said, whoa, look. The fig tree which you cursed yesterday is totally dead, withered away. I mean, how did you do that? And right there, Jesus started to teach about faith. And you know, uh, uh, Jesus, the first thing he told them, he said, have faith in God or trust in God. Or another way to say it, have the faith of God. And then he started to teach them about what faith is and how it works, how you exercise faith. And the first thing he told them is to speak to the problem, speak to the mountain. And then he also say, you'll exercise authority, not by commending, speaking to the problem, commanding it to be gone, but you'll also exercise authority through the words that you speak throughout the day. Because in verse 23, Jesus says, you will have whatever you say. So he said, whatever you say during the day, if you say, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak, well, the problem is you'll get more of it. You know, because without realizing, you are exercising authority. Because Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 19, how does the kingdom of God operate? How does the reign of God is established? Jesus said, whatever I give you the keys or the authority of the kingdom, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Or another way of saying it, whatever you allow with your words here on earth, in the spirit realm, God will have no other choice but to allow it in the spirit realm. But whatever you do not allow through your words here on earth, the devil will be bound and will not, he will be bound and God will not allow him to do anything in the spirit because you have not allowed it with your words here on earth. So that is the first way Jesus exercised authority. You remember by his words, you know, when he told the centurion, go home, your servant is healed. You find out here that Jesus never bound the sickness, never commanded the sickness to leave. He just spoke. By his word, he bound things, he loosed things. He loosed healing and he bound sickness and fever in the, in the servant's body. And so that's how we operate and exercise authority and we establish the kingdom and the reign of God on the earth through our words. Amen. But then this is where I want to go. Because in verse 24, Jesus showed also how you and I will exercise faith, how we will establish the kingdom of God, is by understanding that by grace, everything is already given to us. I love what Psalm 23 says. Because you notice Psalm 22 talks about Jesus on the cross. And Psalm 23 is the fulfillment, it's the new covenant. 
And when you see Psalm 23, we all know it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He made me lie down by green pastures. He led me by the still waters. And you know what he also said at the end? He sets a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. Sickness is your enemy. Sin is your enemy. Confusion, depression, whatever the devil is, is your enemy. But in the very presence of your enemy, God is laid out a table where we go and eat and take and get a hold of it. But we do it, how? By faith. And that's what Jesus is teaching us right here in, in Mark eleven twenty four. He says, and when you pray, you must. Now let me ask you this. What does you must, what does it mean? Is it an option? Is it option number 15 or option? No, no. You must mean that is a Mandatory, no other option, this is it. So when Jesus said, when you pray, you must. Remember the context, exercising authority. Walking in the kingdom's truth and authority. He said, when you pray, you must believe what? You see, believe, that's the one thing you must believe. Not any other thing. You must believe that you receive it and you shall have it. But here is the truth. If you don't have it, you see what people are, are doing. You know, if they don't have the manifestation, if they don't have the answer, they'll try to go any, to try to find out, you know, what, what's the problem when really Jesus is clearly telling us what the problem is. He's telling us, if you don't have it, go back one step. It's because you have not believed, you have received it right there, right now. Believing you, and so, but you see, when I pray for people, and, 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 and people believe a lot of things, you see, you can believe in the context, maybe healing. You can believe that healing is the will of God. That's good. You can believe that it's been given. That's good and you need. But have you believed you have received it? Because that is the key. That is the turning point. That is the truth that unlock you shall have it. And so when I pray for people, I look, I observe, I listen because I know that if they have not believed that one thing, that they have received it right there, the moment we pray, I know they will not have it. You see? And so it is where we've got to find out and we've got to know. Go right back to that truth. Have I believed I have received it? And you see, it is very easy to have a head acknowledgement where we can say, yes, I believe I have received. But I like what, you know, I heard somebody say, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. You see, the fact is if you don't have it, if you're not seeing some sort of manifestation, whether it's a little bit or it's the full manifestation, if you have not seen any kind of progress, you haven't seen anything happening, then you've got to go back 
to say, okay, have I truly believe I have received it? Now, I look and I listen and I observe because here it is. You remember Paul says he saw that people, that that person had faith because you can see it, you can hear it, you can know it. And so this is what I observe. I listen because that's what I want to find out. Has the person I prayed for believed they have received it? And I want to find out that one thing because I know if they have that one thing that they believed they have received it, then I know that I know that they will have it, whether it's now or in an hour or in one week. I know they'll have it. They'll see it. They'll live it. They'll eat the pudding. But you said, how do I know I truly have received it? How do I know? How can I tell? Well, here is one of the number one, you know. Now, let me backtrack a little bit. Because we know we are grace people. So we know all things have been given. You know, you can find in Ephesians 1, 3, it says that God has past tense. God has already added, already given to us all things that pertains, that, that all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's a past thing. It's been done 2,000 years ago. Or there is another scripture, because people always try to be super spiritual, and they'll say, well, but that's only spiritual blessings. Well, you know, when you see spiritual blessing, all it indicates is that it's a blessing that is in the spirit realm, which the spirit realm is invisible. So you could say God has blessed us with all invisible spiritual blessings in the heavenly places or in the spirit realm in Christ. But I like because people say, well, it's only spiritual blessings. It's not talking about healing. Well, then I take people to 1 Peter 1, 3, where he says that according to his divine power, God has given to us all things that pertains to life and to godliness according to the knowledge of him. You see, that right there, according to life, if you're sick, healing pertains to your life. If you're bound by sin... You know, there is a blessing pertaining to your holiness or godly. It covers every ground or everything. Amen. And so we find out already that we have a basis to believe that we can receive the moment we pray. Why? Because we know that it has already been given. Period. Amen. It's already been done. It's accomplished. So that is our premise. That is the truth on which we stand, and it's the truth on which we have a legal ground, according to Jesus, to believe we receive it the moment we pray. Now, let me move forward. How can I tell when someone, when if I, I'm going to use me, how can I tell if I have really received? Because you see, in your head you know healing has been given. It's been given, and I receive. And you can say it with your mouth, you can think it with your head, but is it something of the heart? Have you truly believed and you received in your heart? You understand what I mean? 
Now, the number one way I can tell that I have truly received is that I enter into the rest. I enter into rest. And we find that in Hebrew chapter 4. In Hebrew chapter 4 verse 3, it says that those who have believed, and I could add, those who have believed, they have received. I'm adding, right? Those who believe they have received have entered into the rest. But you see, it's, it's, people said, well, but what does rest look like? How does it feel like? How do I know if I really am resting? Well, I'm going to give you the parable according to Audrey. <laughs> Let's pretend that you are in debt up to your neck. Maybe you owe a huge amount of money in credit card. Let's say maybe $110,000. You owe $110,000 in credit card up to your, you know, here. You, cannot, you have one nostril above to breathe. And what happens? I mean, the, 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 you get letters constantly, you know. You get phone calls. People, maybe you owe, uh, uh, people are calling you to say, we're going to repossess your house. We're going to repossess your car. You know, you're going to, and all of a sudden, you know how it is. There is the worst picture being painted in front of your eyes. You see yourself sinking. You see yourself living on the street. You see yourself losing everything. And there is a, such a pressure. I mean, you, can you imagine? Anybody? Can anybody imagine? Yeah. You are now under such pressure that what are you tempted to do all of a sudden? Try to do something. So you're going to run here, run there, call here, call there. Maybe I'll borrow from Peter to pay Paul. Maybe I'll just take another job, third job. Maybe I'll just, you know, move out of the country. I mean, you think about every option, right? You are under so much pressure that you cannot eat. You cannot sleep at night. You wake, you are like laying on your bed thinking. Can you imagine now? A little imagination, yes? Now, how do you physically, how do you feel? You are under so much, so much anxiety, so much pressure that it hurts, right? Now, let's pretend maybe that you know, uh, you've, got a, 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 you've got maybe a, an uncle or a grandfather who is super rich, and he's a godly man. And one morning he calls you, and he said, hey, listen, I was praying, and God put something on my heart. He said, what's going on? He told me to help you. What's going on? And then at that moment you said, oh, I am so ashamed to tell you I put myself in the mess. Bad decision, wrong choices. Now I don't know how to get out of it, you know, and they're going to take everything from me. And at that moment, your grandfather says, well, God spoke to me. So how much do you owe? Well, 110000 Say, well, I tell you what. I'm going to wire you $120,000 just to make sure everything is covered. I'll wire, uh, it will be wired to your bank, you know, in, in, in within the next couple of days. At that moment, you remember you were so tense. So at that moment, you hear a word. You hear a promise. Just a promise. You heard it. At that moment, on the other side of the telephone, what's happening in you? Can somebody tell me? 
What happened at that moment? You relax. You breathe. At that moment, the pressure is off. At that moment, you are entering into the rest. Why? Because you know in your heart it is done. It is handled. There isn't one thing I need to do now. There is not one thing I need to do to change, to, to, to do anything. It's done. It's accomplished. It's over. At that moment, everything in you goes, it's done. That means you are entering into the rest. You see, at the moment when you believe you received your answer, and you know, I like what the Amplified said. He said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the title deed of things we cannot see. You see, at that moment when your grandfather say, I'm wiring, you know, 120000 you don't have a check in the hand, you don't have the money in the bank, you have no physical evidence, you cannot see anything, but yet you've got one word and you believe that one word and the moment you believe it and you receive it in your heart, you know it's done, you entering the rest. That is the first expression, the first manifestation, the first way you know you've really received because you know it is done. I don't have to run here and there. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. It is done. Amen. Entering into the rest. But then, of course, you hung up the phone. What will be your next expression? You'll be dancing a jig. You'll be screaming on the top of your lungs. You'll be jumping up and down. You'll be so excited. I mean, have you ever seen, you know, on TV, the million whatever, the publishing house? I don't know. They come with the... I mean, have you seen what some of those people do? You know, they're not... They are in no way dipped into pickle juice. I mean, they are free. And they go... I mean, some of them will fall on the ground and kiss the ground and do whatever. Yeah, that's the reason why I love it. In Luke 18, verse 17, Jesus teaching us about faith. He says, in order to walk by faith, you must learn to receive like a little child. I mean, look, observe little children. I love it because you can see the most simplest uh, 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 love, the simplest faith, the simplest expression of God through the, the, the eyes of a child. And you look at a little child, and I love to use that because I love children. I love being around kids. It's so refreshing to me. Amen. And you can see a little kid that has been wanting a bicycle. I don't know how long, I mean, and he goes to daddy and he said, daddy, daddy, I would love a bicycle. Could I have a bicycle? And you know, and daddy says, well, honey, I love you so much. Daddy loves you. You're such a good boy. I tell you what, I don't have the money right now, but in two weeks when I get, pay, when I get paid and, you know, I'm going to get a little bonus, well, I tell you what, you'll have your bicycle. At that little moment, that little kids, now think about it. He doesn't have, you know, a, 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 his bicycle. He cannot see it, touch it, ride it, enjoy it. He only has word, a promise from his daddy. You'll have a bicycle. And at that moment, that little kid has believed 
he received it. And how do we know he believes he received it? Because he can help but go, Daddy, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Daddy, thank you. I mean, I mean, and he's so excited. And you got to calm him down a little bit. And then he goes, I mean, he can't help, but he goes to his neighbor, I mean, and knocks on the door and says, guess what, guess what, guess what? Yeah. I have a bicycle. <laughs> and then, I mean, he's in school, right? He's in school, and he goes, raising his hand, teacher, teacher, teacher. Okay, what's going on? What? Teacher, I have a bicycle. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other kids look at him and said, liar, liar. We saw you walk to, to school. We saw you walk. You don't have a bicycle. You know, the little kid, we said, you wait and see. I have a bicycle. And you see, and that little kid doesn't have it yet. He only believes that his word. And he believes he has received it. And at what is happening, because he knows, I've got it. I don't see it. With that, that's okay. It's just a matter of time. I've got it. It's mine. He's believed he received it. And he can't help but talk about it and rejoice. You know, that's what the Bible talks to us about. You know, I love it. Because we are creatures of faith. We are made in our daddy's image. And God is a, that is a God of faith. And you know, the Bible says in Psalm chapter 2, verse 8, he said that God sits in the heaven, no matter what the mess is going on down here, what, am I, what, am, what the government is doing, God, daddy, God sits in the heaven. He says, God sits on the throne and he laughs. You know why? Because God is not moved by what he sees. He knows Things are only subject to change. So he laughs. You know, but here is the truth. If you are in Christ, you are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. So you might not understand the joke, but you might as well laugh. You might not totally understand, but you said, you know, Daddy God says, by his stripes I was healed, so I might, I might believe him, I might just laugh about it. Look at this verse. I love that verse. Oh, glory to God. Shandarabakachi nemese chando. 1 Peter 1 8. 1 Peter 1 8. Thank you, sweet sister with a beautiful voice. She's putting the words on the screen for me. So we are talking about 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Whom having not seen, you know, you could put maybe you, whatever it is you're praying for. It's talking here about Christ, Jesus, right? But you could add whatever it is that you're believing for. Whom having not seen your healing, you know, you love, in, in whom through now you see him not yet, believing, joy. believing you received, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You want to know the glory of God? Start rejoicing. In the very face of what the devil, you know, tells you, uh -uh, you'll never get it, you'll never have it, you'll never be healed, you'll never this, you'll never that. Ha, 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 ha. You're sitting at the right hand of the Father in Christ. You're laughing because you know the end of the book. If you don't quit, you don't lose. So you can look at the face of whatever the lie the devil is telling you. You take that lie around, you turn it around against him, and you say, devil, you're telling him, you're saying what now? I won't be healed? Ha, 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 thank you. 
What you telling me, really, because you're the father of lies, what you telling me is I'm gonna I'm I'm healed. So thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I remember. Come on, sister. I'm just gonna join you. Glory to God. You know, here is the truth. When I was diagnosed with bone cancer, alone in my living room, sitting, you know, kneeling on my carpet, you know, and, and the first temptation, like, you know what I'm going to say, it's, it's like, why owe me? But at that moment, the Holy Ghost is so sweet. The Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. And right out, did I feel joyful? Did I feel like laughing? Did I feel like dancing a little jig? Oh, no, I didn't. But by faith, I hooked up with the promise of God. And I say, God, you know something I don't. Amen. So I'm just going to laugh with you. And I went and tapped into the joy of God because I knew that in me, the spirit of God is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, patience. Amen. And I knew the joy of God was right here. So I said, right there on my carpet by myself, I started to go, he, 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 ha, 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 ho, 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 he, he, he. Amen. And tapped into the joy, stirred it up. Because that's what Paul told Timothy. He said, Timothy, stir up the gift of God which you have received by the laying on of hands. Because God, believer, didn't give you a spirit of fear. But he gave you a spirit of love, joy, power and, and a sound mind and everything that the Holy Ghost is and has. So right there, that's what I, and at that moment, I got a revelation. You know, I got, it's like all of by tapping into the joy of God and, and, and choosing to love, to love with God at the right hand of God, I all automatically got God's perspective. You see, it was like me choosing Camera, Eugene. It was, you know, when you go and feel and complain and go, you go lay low. But once you choose by faith to go at the right hand of the Father and laugh with Him and said, I don't understand, but ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Jesus. I know if I don't quit, I don't lose. You automatically, you go and you get God's perspective. And that's what happened to me. I got God's perspective and I realized at that moment that instead of seeing myself as a, oh me, why is it happening to me? I all of a sudden saw it, turned it around and I said, oh boy, that's my opportunity to shine. That's my opportunity to give the devil a black eye. That's my opportunity to show that God reigns, it's my opportunity to glorify the Father. There is never a testimony without a test. There is never a message without a mess. There is never your story without a problem. Oh, glory to God. So, you see, that is an expression of faith. It's an expression that you believe you have received. Thanksgiving, it's also an expression of faith. Did you notice the word I used, expression? It is not something we do to try to get. It's something that flows out of our heart because we know we've already got it. 
We, it's been given, we received it. And like that little boy who received his bicycle, I know, I received it. I've got the title deed of my healing. I've got the title deed of my debt. I've got the title deed of my mess. I've got whatever you need. I've got, and at that moment, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. You'll be full of thanksgiving. And thanksgiving, it's an expression of faith. You remember the ten lepers? One returned to Jesus to give thanks. And what did Jesus say? Your faith. What was he talking about? His faith had returned to give thanks to God. Because giving thanks is an attitude, an expression that you've received something. You see, mommy and daddy always taught us, if somebody gives you a lollipop, you say, thank you. That's an expression. You've received something. And so when you believe you received whatever it is you pray out of your heart, your expression is, thank you. You know, I can pray for people, lay hands on them, you know, and I look at them. And if the person says, believe you received? I, I surely hope so. Do you know what I, I, I see? I see that they have not truly received. Because I'm telling you, if you believe for a bicycle for, you know, a year and you get your bicycle, you're going to be a little happy. You're going to say thank you. You understand? And, and you understand the image and the, the, the symbolism here. And so, you know, faith is full of expression. Thinking, joyful, praise, it's only an expression. And you know another expression? Another expression of our faith is the word that we speak. Yeah. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.13, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. Yes. The Bible says in Luke, Jesus says, hey, out of the abundance of your heart, sooner or later your mouth will speak. So you see, when your heart is full of faith and in your heart you know that you know you've received it, you can help it, you can try to suppress it all you want, it's going to come out. <laughs> Up, it's going to come out. I'm healed. Hallelujah. I remember one time I was there praying for a lady. I mean, that lady, as soon as she got the altar, I mean, you can tell her face was lit up, you know, and, and she said, just pray for me. And I laid hands on her, and I mean, and I prayed, and I cursed the sickness and prayed for her, and I said, sister, do you believe you receive? I could not contain the lady. She said, yes, I know. I've got it. I've got it. I won't have to be sick anymore. Thank you, Jesus. I've got it. I mean, I didn't have to think, wonder, did she believe she received? I could tell it because, shoom, it comes came out of her heart. It was an expression. It was not a put on. It was not a put on. Okay, let me say thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe I have received. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth I have received. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth I have received. None of that. It was just she so much knew and understood that Jesus had given the healing that the moment she came for prayer, that point of contact meant shoom, she got her title deed. She knew I've got it. And if she knew she got it, shoom, she could, you could see her face totally lit up. Her mouth spoke full of thanksgiving and praise. And her countenance changed. Her actions changed. You see, our words, 
We saw it's one way we exercise authority, but it's one way, like Jesus said, we exercise our faith. Amen. So if you, I mean, here is a good truth, you see, because God, am I going too fast? I feel like I'm, I've got the turbo. You're just pulling it out of me. That's all it is. Somebody told me, if you could only be a little calmer, I could really. So I'm trying to try, but it's like, i got to be myself. Amen. Hallelujah. Can't help but get excited about Jesus. Amen. Where was I? Where I want to be. Oh, that's a large step. Uh, the words. Thank you, sister. You know, you were paying attention. Thank you, Jesus. You see, uh, uh, our words are so important because our words, really, it's a revealer of what's in our heart. So you see, it's really, we've got to approach it a different way. It's not about just us trying to change our words. Because I hear, and that's been the problem of a time, and with a faith message, is that we've told people, you've got to confess, confess. And yes, confession is good, because this is how we exercise authority. But I look at it, how Jesus said, you know, he said, he said, a spring, bitter water, and sweet water cannot come out of the same spring. What Jesus was revealing to us is that your, your heart is only, or your words are only an indicator of what kind of spring or source you have. Your words are a revealer of the condition of your heart. So it's not about trying to change your word and just, no, it's about going back to the source. Because if your words, you have a hard time saying, I am healed, then you go back to the source and say, okay, that means that in my heart, I have not truly believed, I have received. So instead of changing your word, go back to the heart. Prepare your heart, feed your heart, convince your heart, persuade your heart of the truth of the promises of God. That's what Abraham did. He was strong in faith because he did not consider... Focus, concentrate, meditate on what he could see and feel. But what did he do? He considered, meditated, concentrated, focused on the promise of God. So you see, the danger often time is we try to change our word and our action and at the detriment of our heart. But you see, in this new covenant, it's all about the heart. Because what we say, what we do, is just a result and an expression of our heart. So if what we say and what we do is not in line with the word of God, then what, instead of changing the outward, go to the inward. Check, you understand what I'm saying? So long we've tried to change the actions, the outward, what we could see, and that what it does, it gets you back into works. It gets you back into the law where now all the weight, all the focus is on you, what you've got to do. But instead, what you have to do is if your words, your action are not in line, you know, if you're not able to speak and act as somebody who has received, then instead of trying to change your word and your action, go back to the source and look into your heart and say, you know what? It's only revealing to me that I have not truly believed I have received. 
So how can I change that? Then you go back and you consider the promise of God, that God loves you, that God is on your side, that God has already given you. He's paid the highest price to pay for that which you need. How much more is it needed to be paid? Zero. You know, you consider the promise of God. You focus on Christ, what he has done. And sooner or later, what it's going to do, it's going to prepare your heart, change your heart. And then out of the abundance of your heart, do you understand what I'm saying? That's where we've got to concentrate is on our heart. And our words, are our expression, it's only a revealer of what is deep, of what's inside. It shows you what's in your heart, what's going on inside. So that shows you, is it okay? You know, like they tell in the Old Testament, they prepare their heart, go back to the heart. And you say, Holy Spirit, show me, help me. And he'll work with you. He'll show you. He'll help you. He'll reveal things to you. Oh, glory to God. He's so good. Amen. And you see, another way I can tell, and there we need to bring, that's another way we need to bring balance, but it's by what we do. You see, like the little boy who receives his bicycle, you know what he does? I mean, like he goes to school, teacher, 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 I've got a bicycle. Then he goes home. You know, he goes home and he says, Mommy, Mommy, I'm going to prepare a place in the garage because that's when I'm going to put the bicycle. He's acting like he's got a bicycle. You know, and then he goes, he's in bed. All he can think about, dream about, he sees himself on the back. That is just another expression of faith. What we say, what we think, what we do is a revealer, an expression that have we really believed we have received. You see, oh, it is so powerful. Now let me add something. You see, your words. I said that these are a revealer of what's in your heart. And here is the thing. If you cannot say, I am healed, because words are powerful. Remember, you release, you loose, and you bind with your words. So if you cannot find yourself to say, I am healed, or I am blessed, then don't say anything. Shut your mouth. Don't unloose. Don't allow things with your word because you remember by your word you permit some things. And so if you said, I don't, I, I'm not healed. I'll never be healed. It's never, what are you, unlo- what are you releasing? So you remember Zechariah. You remember Zechariah when he was, you know, offering the perfume before the, 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 the veil? Amen. And he went before the altar. And you know, God, the angel Gabriel appeared to him and says, Zechariah, from this time next year, your wife Elizabeth will be pregnant and you will have a son and you shall call him John. What did Zechariah, man of God, who knew the Old Testament by heart, as it was required for any religious man, he said, this is not possible. It cannot be done. Now, how about Abraham and Sarah? And at that moment, what did the angel do? He had to zip the lip. And it was not an act of wrath and judgment, like so many people think. No, no, it was an act of mercy. Because God knew that if 
If, if Zachariah run wild with his mouth open, pouring out unbelief, the miracle of God could not come to pass. So God said, I love you so much. You're such a good man, Zechariah. I love you so much. I have mercy on you. Yet you are in unbelief, but I'm going to shut your mouth and you'll still have a son and you'll still be used of God to change the world. That was an act of mercy and compassion. And so what am I saying? That if we find ourselves where we cannot say, I have received, I believe I'm healed, because in our heart we haven't truly believed, then it's better not to just zip the lip. Don't say anything. Keep it and just work on your heart. Don't, don't unleash things that would be detrimental to your, to your life. Amen? Amen? That is a wise piece of, of advice. Zip the lip until you can speak out by faith out of the abundance of your heart. And you see, faith is also, we're talking about action. And I know there's been a lot of stuff about that where people, you know, I have even a message that says real faith will act. Yeah, if you truly, truly believe that you have received example healing, then you'll start acting like a person who is truly healed. You know, I remember, is that okay? Are you guys okay? Because I know I might, it's like, looks like I'm running a little. You guys are fine? If you need to, is that okay? If they need to go, they can, don't feel bound, glued to the chair. If you've got to go to work or whatever, you're okay. But here is the thing, because I want to bring that balance right here. Uh, uh, you know, I have a message called faith is an act. Because if you truly, truly believe you have received it, then out of the abundance of your heart, like that little boy, you're going to start acting like you've got it. And I remember how Holy Ghost taught me this lesson. It was in 1999. I was getting ready to go on a mission trip to the tribe in the, in the jungle. And I, I had prepared and trained a whole team with my husband, Fred. We were going to go there to build, to do a medical clinic, to reach out, to evangelize, and so forth. And three days before the trip, the D-Day, all of a sudden, I've got a pain, a sharp pain on my right side. My fever goes 102, 103. I'm at night shaking, freezing, but yet with a high fever. And I feel like I want to throw up. Well, I'm not a doctor. I'm not even a nurse. I haven't even stayed at the Holiday Inn Express. But <laughs> I called a friend of mine and I said, hey, this is what's going on. And she said, she said, I'm not a doctor, but it sounds like your appendicitis is bursted. So she said, Audrey, you've got to go to the hospital. Now, listen to me. It was not my first rodeo. It was not my first time around, but I prayed. I say, Holy Ghost, you guide me. You tell me what to do. What shall I do? Shall I go to the hospital? And I heard I had a peace that passes all understanding. You know the kind of peace you cannot wrap your brain around? And all of a sudden, I knew that I knew that I was not to go to the hospital but stay home. So I followed the leading. You know, I didn't do it on my own. I didn't do it presumptuously. I didn't do it foolishly. But I followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. That was the word of the Lord for me. And I stayed home. 
and I prayed. I commanded the symptoms to go. I prayed, and right there I did what I call my faith connection, where I knew that healing had already been given. It's or the price had already been paid. And I just made that connection with God and said, God, I come and I receive it. At that moment, I knew I had the title deed of my healing. I knew that I knew. But you know, the symptoms got worse, worse, and worse. All night long, I am sick. All night long, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. And that morning, you know, I hadn't slept a length that night. That morning, my husband looks at me and he said, Honey, you don't look good. And so, uh, thank you. He said, You don't look good. He said, Listen, it was Sunday morning. You see, it was Sunday morning. He said, honey, you stay in bed and you rest. Try to catch some rest. He said, I'll go to church and I'll, I'll tell the pastor what's going on. Well, everything in me wanted to stay in bed. But I heard the Holy Ghost say, you see, the importance of walking with the Holy Ghost, the importance of listening to the Holy Ghost, not doing things foolishly out of our head, but speaking to Holy Ghost and said, you know, and he will guide you into the truth. He will lead you into triumph. And so he said, what would you do on Sunday morning if you were well? <laughs> well, what would you do? I know what you would do, just what you did this morning. So I got dressed, got a shower, got dressed. And I mean, it was hard. It was everything in me. I mean, the symptoms were still there so, so hard. And I went to church. And, you know, I love to worship God. But I got to church, you know, and there were long pews, and I'm there. And I mean, and the sweat is pouring down, and the temperature I can feel is high, and I'm there. My, 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 my stomach is right here in my throat. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm so sick, and I'm there. And I hear the Holy Ghost says, Audrey, what would you do in church in Sunday morning if you were well? I knew exactly what he meant because when I, I am well, I worship God with all my might. I jump, I, I raise my hand, I dance. And so here I was, like a mushroom on a log. And so, you know, I didn't feel like it, but I got up. I got up, and I started to worship God with all of my might. And then after church, I still feel so sick, but at the end of church, my husband looks at me and said, Honey, do you want to go home and rest, or would you want to go and get a bite to eat? And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> yeah, he had. It slept all night too. Glory to God. And I'm like right here and I'm thinking, you got to be kidding. But here, oh God, the Holy Ghost speaks again. And he says, Audrey, what would you do on Sunday morning after church if you were well? And you see, like every one of you, we usually go to a little, get a bite to eat somewhere. That's all like what we do on Sunday, like most of you. But right there, all I wanted to do was go and lay down, go to bed, go back to bed. But I knew better. I said, no, I believe I have received my healing. I am healed. So I said, if I am healed, devil, you, I said, watch me. And I just went to the restaurant, and I felt so sick. I mean, the smell are there. You feel like, you know, and I'm sitting down. I can't even read the menu. The lines are going like this. And I say, okay, let's just get me a salad. And you know, and I'm there in the restaurant having a conversation with the Holy Spirit, and I'm saying, isn't it enough for me to be here in the restaurant? Do I have to eat? <laughs> and the Holy Ghost had the guts to tell me, 
What would you do on Sunday morning after church in a restaurant if you were well? And so you know what I did because I knew I was healed. I knew that I knew I had received the title deed of my healing. And so I ate one bite at a time. And man, was it hard. Was it hard. But I did it. And I said, I'm just going to go to the And I ate the whole plate. And you know, I felt sick, I felt dizzy, I felt every symptoms you can imagine. But by the time I left the restaurant and I remember the place, the time, the moment where I put my hand on the, on the handle of the, of, the, of the car, and at that moment I realized every symptoms was gone. Now let me say something. You see, why did I do what I did? I didn't do what I did to try to get healed. You see... I did what I did because I believed I had received the title deed of my healing. But here is a danger. Listen to me because there is such a fine line. And that's where people have messed up. That's where people have got into works instead of staying into rest. You see, the rest, the, when, when, when uh, uh, the, the author of Hebrew says, labor to enter into the rest. Or when Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. There seems to be a contradiction. It's like, what is what? Do I rest or do I labor? Do I rest or do I fight? The labor and the fight is to stay in that position of rest where you know that you know that you know that it's already done, it's accomplished, and you've got it, you've received. You don't have to run here to another prayer meeting. You don't have to call a prayer chain. You don't have to go and beg. You don't have to do anything. You just have to stay in that position of, I know I've got it, and if I got it, Thank you, Jesus. I've got it. Hallelujah. You have got it. Well, if I'm well, what shall I do if I'm well? Well, the devil tells me, stay in bed, be wise. I say, no. The word of God says I am healed. So get out of bed. And you see, let me say, and I will close with this, because there is such a fine line. I remember one time ministering that message, and there was a guy in the audience that was a diabetic. And so he came at the end, he heard the message, and he came to the, to the altar, and I prayed for him. And I said, brother, you know, he believed he received, you know, all, and he went home. And he went home like he usually does. And then the, 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 the next day, he goes to the kitchen, to the fridge, and, and, and he goes to take the insulin. And so he goes to get the insulin, and all of a sudden, something drops in his heart. He hears the Holy Ghost says, do you believe you healed? He said, yeah, that's right. I got healed yesterday. And the Holy Ghost says, you don't need it. So what did he do? He listened to the Holy Ghost. You see, he followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so he didn't take his insulin. And then a few days later, he had to go for a checkup to the doctor. And the doctor looked at him and says, what did you do? And he says, doctor, what happened? He said, you're not a diabetic anymore. So, I mean, the guy got excited. He got so excited. And then he went back to the church the next Sunday, and he said, Pastor, I've got to testify. You know, and he went and testified that, you know, he got prayed for, he stopped his insulin, and then the doctor said, you healed. So everybody got excited. But right there in the congregation, there was somebody else also that was a diabetic. But what did he hear? He heard, I stopped my insulin, and I got healed. So that di what did that diabetic do? He went home and he said, if I stop my insulin, God is going to heal me. 
And so what did he do? He stopped the insulin. That, that by the end of the day, he had to be rushed to the hospital. You see? Now you said, but wait a second, because you, can, you see, you can look at those two people from the outside. You get an outside perspective, and you say, wait a second. They spoke the same thing. They did the same thing. They spoke and acted the same way. Why did this one get healed? Why did this one didn't? You know what it is? The heart. That one on this side stopped the insulin. Why? Number one, because Holy Spirit led him. And he did it. Why? Because he knew he had received his healing. And if he knew he had received his healing, he was healed. And if he was healed, well, well, people don't take insulin. But the other one on the other side of the fine line, what did he do? He stopped the insulin. Why? Thinking, if I stop the insulin, God is going to heal me. The motivation of the heart is different. One does it because he knows out of the abundance of his heart, I received my healing. Therefore, if I'm healed, I don't need that. The other one is trying to do it. Oh, I do that and God is going to. No, no, God has already done it. And you know, people oftentimes ask me after I pray, Audrey, should I quit my medicine? Should I quit? And you know what I say? If you even have to ask me, then don't do it. Because if you even have to ask me, it means you don't have that revelation in your heart. It's something that's coming from your head, and it's not the Holy Ghost. So you know what I tell people? I say just keep on taking it, and thank God that you are healed. Thank God, and allow the Holy Ghost to speak to you. And the morning, one day, you'll wake up, and you'll just know. You know, that reminds me when I, I, I was early, just married, and there was so much change, so much stuff going on in my life. Long story to explain, but I was going through so much. I went to the doctor, and I'm sitting just for a normal, you know, female checkup. The doctor looks at me, and she's a Christian, and I believe she had a, you know, she, she saw something, she said. And I, I look at her, and all of a sudden, I'm crying. And she said, you need help, don't you? And so she said, the chemicals in your brain are all, because of all the changes in your life, the chemicals are going up, all messed up. So she said, I need to give you something to help you. Now, the woman of faith that I am, my little pride got pricked a little bit. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? I just got out of my Bible training center. Me taking medicine? And I'm being honest, you know. But, you know, I, I, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And he said, Audrey, right now, there is so much happening in your life. You can handle that. You need a little help. You need a little relief. He said, so you take it. Now, that was the Holy Ghost speaking to me. He said, you take it. You take it until your faith gets, you know, when you're ready to handle it. Because right now you're handling, it's like juggling. You've got 10 balls that you're juggling. Don't add one more. So he said, you know, take that little pill, but take it by faith until you can handle that one. So this is what I did. But you see, I took that faith, that pill by faith. Not in condemnation, because in condemnation, nothing gets done. I took it by the leading of the Holy Spirit by faith. And when I took that pill, I said, Lord, I said, you know I don't like pills. I don't like medicine. I hate it. You know, Lord, but I'm going to do it because you tell me so, to get a little help, to get a little relief until I can, you know. But I said, Lord, you show me when it's time to quit. 
I'm going to take it. And every day I did it. And that went on maybe one or two months. I don't know. But every day I took it, I said, Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. Lord, I thank you. I know I'm healed. So I take that little thing by faith. It's going to help me, do me good, and not hurt me. No side effect. But I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. And you show me when it's time to quit. And I did that every day for one I don't know how long, one or two months. One morning I got up, and it's like a knowing. You cannot explain. You know when it's a knowing? Nobody's got to try to, to know. I just knew. You don't need it anymore. So you know what I did? I took the rest of the pills. I flushed them in the toilet. That was the end of the story. Never needed it ever again. Do you see the wisdom in that? But you also see that it, we desperately need to be so dependent on the Holy Spirit. Because it's easy to fall into steps and formulas, imitating somebody else's faith, when really we need to listen to the Holy Ghost because he'll give you a tailor-made way to get from A to Z. He'll show you exactly your case, what you need to do or not do. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I think I've kept you long enough. I'm not going to do like Paul, keeping you to the wee hours of the morning. Even though, I mean, at the, at the rhythm I'm going, I could, but I'm not. Amen. But I hope this helped you. And I hope that it's brought some balance between grace and faith. And that entering the rest doesn't mean that we are automatically passive. Do you see? Uh, being in the rest simply means you believe you have received. And there is nothing you need to do but let your faith and let your heart express itself. And if your heart cannot express and it simply shows you, you haven't believed, you have received. So go back. Go back and prepare your heart. Focus on Jesus. Focus on what he's done. Focus on the word. Focus on the promise of God. And soon enough, your heart will be prepared and your heart will be ready to believe it, it can receive. Amen. And if there is a little kink there along the way, you know, just ask, talk to the Holy Ghost and say, what is it? Show me. Help me. And he's right there, right there to do that. Amen. Father, I just pray for every person here today. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that you love them so much, that you are on their side and not against them. You're not sitting in heaven judging, scrutinizing, evaluating, looking to disqualify them. No, you are looking every possible way to qualify them, to elevate them, to encourage them, to equip them, to train them, to do whatever it is. Because we are all learning to walk by faith and not by sight. So thank you, Lord. I pray that the word that they've heard would go deep into their heart and bring forth, do a work in them, prepare their heart, help them to go to where you want them to go, Father. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.